Welcome listeners to season four, episode three of Flipping the Switch. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's a drone. Got a great show for you today. New employee, actually, Natalie O'Donnie is going to be talking to William Priest about drones and how uh, the co-op uses drones uh, every day to identify potential problems that may occur uh, and head those problems off before it can potentially cause major outages. We're also going to tell you what's going on around the co-op and kind of maybe give a, a recap of our annual meeting that we just had at the end of March and talk about some things coming up. So with that, let's start flipping the switch. Today, we're going to be exploring some of the new technology we're using to better serve our members and community here at Jones Onslow. And today, we're joined by AMI technician and our newest drone pilot, William Priest. Hey, how you doing? So, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you. All right. Well, thank you for having me. So, we've recently started using drones for things like inspections and maintenance, and we're excited to inform our members about this kind of technology. So, before we get into it, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? And well, what interests you in using drones? Well, yes, I, um, I've been uh, with Jones Onslow now for a little over 29 years. Um, I got into drones through RC airplanes. Uh, I've been flying them since I was a young boy. And um, from there, I uh, threw one of the clubs. Actually, I heard about drones and how they're being used. So I decided to bring it here and see if we could use it. And turns out we could. Cool. That's awesome to hear. So to start our conversation today, can you explain what a drone is and how it works? Well, certainly. A drone is a, well, it's an unmanned aircraft system. Um, and it operates using four propellers. It allows us to uh, position exactly. It'll hold in place uh, where RC airplanes, if you turn it loose, it keeps going. If you uh, turn a drone loose, it will stop and it will sit and we can take photographs with it. There's many implements you can put on it. Um, infrared, for instance, allows us to see heat. And, uh, of course, this gives us a bird's eye view of, you know, our equipment and uh, allows us to inspect uh, things a little bit better, a little bit closer, and um, be more proactive versus reactive. Awesome. So why did we as a co-op decide to implement drone usage into what we do here at Jones Onslow? And how does it improve the quality of what we offer members? Well, the drone helps us in several ways. First, and of course, the most obvious would be it allows for us to access areas that have been very difficult or even completely inaccessible over the past years or that would require sending personnel into rough and unforgiving terrain. Um, the other way is that it allows us a never-before-seen bird's-eye view of our equipment. Uh, in times past, the best we could hope for would be standing on the ground with a pair of binoculars and uh, only being allowed to uh, see mainly the bottom of our equipment. Now, with the drone, it gives a very distinct advantage of being able to see all sides, top, bottom, and everything in between. It also gives us the ability to see the very top of the pole and catch top rot, which is when the top of the pole rots from the inside, essentially leaving a shell. Awesome. So we really have a huge advantage by using this kind of technology oh, now. Absolutely. So what specific things are you looking for when using the drone that normal operations may not be able to catch as easily? Well, when I'm inspecting... Poles or equipment, we're primarily looking for cracked, broke insulators, anything looking off-colored, smutted up, like maybe it's fired off recently. Uh, woodpecker holes, chipped or broke fins on insulators, 
which will allow water to penetrate into the insulator and reducing its uh, insulating factor. Top rot, as I mentioned earlier, anything missing like loose uh, nuts, bolts uh, that may have vibrated loose over time. Uh, Some of these items can be seen from the ground because at times they're very obvious. However, cracked, broken fins may not be overly obvious. And uh, depending on the location, like if it's on top of the insulator, uh, you wouldn't be able to see it from the ground. So along with the fact that some of our poles in our system are not accessible without an extensive amount of manpower and equipment to get to the pole. So I got, I got to chime in here. Anybody that listens to the podcast know that knows that I can't listen without asking a question. So, and I'm going to call you Willie. I'm not going to call you William. Willie. <laughs> hey, I know, D. Um, so think about this. This isn't been scripted. This wasn't a question I asked, but can you think of one instance? And I know we've got, you've got several, but can you think of one instance that you have gone out and inspected, you've caught something that would have not been caught by inspecting something from the ground and tell us potentially by us catching that, you catching that, and then us going out and being, like you said, proactive, potentially preventing an outage. And if if it had happened and we hadn't caught it, the time that it would have taken to gone out and, and fixed it after it caused an outage. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Um, we had a insulator down at the, on uh, Highway 50 um, where there, the wire actually bolts to the insulator on the end of it. And one bolt was gone, just had vibrated out over time. Another one, the only one left, was partially hanging in there. And um, we were able to catch that. And go back and replace it. Now, if that bolt had come out, or if that the piece that bolts down and hold actually holds the wire or presses against the wire had come off, then the wire would have come loose, floated out, and it could have very easily caused a several-hour outage. You know, if it um, if the wire burnt down, um, you know, at best it would have been two hours. At worst, it could have been several. And that was a circuit coming out of a substation. Is it that right? Was, it was so a that's, transmission circuit. Okay, a transmission circuit. Yes. So that would have affected the whole substation. Oh, yes. It would have actually affected multiple substations. Multiple substations. Yes. So potentially, how? I mean, so a circuit normally, depending on the circuit, maybe twelve, maybe 1,000 to twelve to 1,500 people. So you're talking, I mean, this could have been a major outage, maybe ten or twelve, fifteen thousand 15,000 people. Yes. Easy, easily. Yes. Okay, that's it would, it. Would have involved several stations. Yeah, and um, you know you're averaging five to ten thousand. Well, I'd say about five thousand per, per station. station. Yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah. So. All right, cool. That's so, my question. Saved us a lot of time. Absolutely. So with using this kind of newer technology, there are obviously rules and regulations to follow, as well as how to fly a drone in a safe and proper way. So can you explain those rules in a little bit more detail, as well as talk a little bit about Commercial versus recreational drone well, usage. Yes, ma'am. Uh, commercial use is when the drone is used for a business, monetary, or service exchange. Recreational, it's, it's just that. It's for fun. It's an entertainment. However, with uh, commercial use, that falls under a whole different set of rules and regulations. I have to follow all Part 107 rules, which are set by the FAA. These, gra- these rules go beyond simply maintaining line of sight and no higher than 400 feet. It requires me to carry at all times a current UAS license 
that I must get renewed every two years along with a background check and a proof of mental and physical health. This involves me going to an FAA-approved testing facility and taking a test on subjects like weather, airport operations, aeronautical charts, load factoring, among some of the topics. Gotcha. Another question. Go ahead. Are we under, because where we are located, close to the military base and New River Air Station, are we under any, are you, I say we, I'm not out there flying it, I'd crash it, but are are you under any additional restrictions because of the location or proximity to the air station and them flying what they fly out That's there? That's a good question. Oh, yes, absolutely. There is there is military operations areas all around here, restricted areas around here. Um, obviously, we've got the air station out there, um, so we are in Classified air, or not classified, but tower-controlled airspace. And um, if I go within the of their control, then I have to get permission from the control tower, which can take up to 90 days, generally. That kind of defeats the purpose of being proactive a little right. bit. A little it? bit. I have a to. Little. We just got a plan, right? We got a plan. We just got it's a plan. It's all about yeah. planning. So, fortunately, our transmission lines don't really run in that area so then that's what we're primarily focused on you know because that's where our huge outages are cool so i am actually a member of jones onslow i'm a new employee but i'm also a member so this has all been really cool information to hear from a member perspective so to close out our conversation what programs do you use to assist you in the proper and safe usage of the drone because that's a lot of things to remember it is and Good thing we got a lot of technology to help us. Um, some of the programs that I use to assist with the safe and legal operation of the drone are one called Sky Vector, Before You Fly, and a tool called the HIMS program. Sky Vector is a program that provides the most up-to-date aeronautical charts available. It also gives me up-to-the-minute TFRs, or temporary flight restrictions, and information on tower-controlled airspace, like out of the air station restricted airspace, and any military operation areas that we have around. Uh, needless to say, in this area, uh, that's of the utmost importance, something I've got to stay right on. Another valuable resource that, that I use is the Before You Fly app, and that is put out by the FAA. This resource will give you up-to-date information on rules, regulations involving commercial and recreational UAS operations. It all provide, also provides another very valuable asset and that is maps showing where you are in relation to a restricted or regulated airspace, which is extremely f- important for being a safe, real-world pilot. It will show you exactly how high you can fly legally and if you are able to fly at all. Um, it's of utmost importance to abide by the rules that are laid out, not do anything illegal like flying in the same space as manned aircraft or close to an operational airport and taking a terrible chance of hitting an aircraft and causing a life-threatening situation. The last tool I utilize is called the HIMS tool, which stands for Helicopter Emergency Medical Services Tool. It's provided by the Aviation Weather Center. This tool has been specifically designed to meet the needs of low-altitude VFR emergency first responders. However, it also works wonders for remote pilots when it comes to trying to see what the weather is exactly where your job happens to be. It provides a map that you can zoom into a street-level view and see exactly what the weather conditions are for that specific area, which is great for when you have a spread-out area like we do, and I may start my day up on the beach and end up in Trenton by that afternoon. 
So all of these wor- working together allow me to be a safe real-world pilot. Well, thanks so much, Willie, for joining us today. Well, you're certainly I really welcome. enjoyed hearing all of that information because seeing a drone flying in the air, you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. So if right. you see a drone in the air, it's probably Willie flying it. That's right. So, yeah. We look forward to the bright future ahead of us with using drones and all the advanced technology that we're implementing this year. And if you're listening to this episode and you have any questions, shoot us an email at podcast at joemc.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Snap, we've updated our app. The Jones Onslow EMC app is now easier to navigate. Find everything you need quickly with our new color-coded system. Pay your bill through the app and see your daily usage rate. If you currently have the app, simply visit your app store and update it to get the newest version. If you don't have the app and would like to download it, visit your Apple's App Store or Google Play today. It is April, and that means spring has sprung. Well, kind of, depending upon the day here in eastern North Carolina. Pollen most certainly has come out, and life is busy as usual. It also means another month of helpful tips and information from your co-op, Jones Onslow. So let's get started. First, we would like to thank all of our members who attended this year's annual meeting on March the 31st at the American Legion Building. It was a wonderful turnout, and it was a great time to interact with our members and hear their needs, interesting tips for energy savings that they use around their own house, and play some fun games. But for those who missed, don't worry, you can still hear all about the great information given by Jones Onslow by visiting our website and pushing the Watch Now button. Next, have you heard the news? Jones Onslow has home energy calculators. We are looking for ways for you to trim your monthly expenses, and finding some of those easy things around your home is a great way to start. So when you visit joemc slash energywise, you'll find numerous calculators to include one of your appliances like a TV, electric vehicle, heat pump, and many more. These tools will help you learn where your energy dollars are going every month. So remember, visit the EnergyWise section of our website today. Now lastly, we have to announce the Jones Onslow Annual Golf Classic has moved a little earlier. We're moving from August-September timeline to June the 2nd, And this year, we'll be out at Bear Trail Golf Club. The date is a little earlier than usual, so remember to sign up soon so you have a spot in this year's tournament. It's simple. You can always call us at 910-355-7821 to reserve a spot or visit our website, joemc.com, and just search golf tournament. You can sign up online or through the phone, and always remember when you do, you're supporting local 4-H groups and our Bright Ideas Education Grant Program. So don't forget, dust off those clubs, and we'll see you at the course. And that's what's happening. Spring is here, and it's time to get outside. Making plans for a new outdoor project? Hitting a buried line while digging can disrupt utility service, cost money to repair, or cause serious injury or even death. Make no bones about it. All members who plan a digging project should call 811 before you start in order to protect yourself and your community. You can also submit a request online at call811.com. Know what's below before you dig. Well, folks, that'll do it for this episode of Flipping the Switch. Until next time, 
If you don't currently follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or any of our other social media channels, consider doing so. It's the best way to keep informed about what's going on with your cooperative. Thanks again.